My guest today is Julia Alexander, here to talk about her review of Civil War. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Julia, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. What's your What's your job title? Yeah, entertainment something. I am an entertainment reporter for Polygon.com. It's a great website. Big fan of all the people. It's pretty there. good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the top ten for sure. Excellent. Um, listen, wow, top ten. Yeesh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I did this unintentionally, but I noticed that when I led into the uh, the the podcast here, I said Civil War, not Captain America Civil War, and I noticed interestingly that that is also how you titled your uh, review. Um, yes. Obviously, there are some SEO concerns that go into that sort of finagling, <laughs> but also I I do think it's it's an interesting. Uh, 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 I'm hoping you could talk about like. Does this feel like just a Captain America movie in the way that like uh, Winter Soldier, for example, was very, very focused on and Captain America and obviously, you know, the, its predecessor? Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's an interesting point. And yeah, the main reason we left Captain America out was for SEO purposes. But um, Civil War, and I say this in my review, feels like the Avengers movie we should have gotten. It feels much more like an Avengers movie than it does Captain America. And the only people missing from um this movie in terms of the avengers are thor and hulk i believe that and quicksilver i guess they are the only three that are not in this movie mm-hmm. um but the rest of the avengers plot and then some are all in it uh and it's quite frankly the best marvel movie that's come out and it's the uh it's the avengers movie i wanted back when joss whedon directed the first avengers movie so how would you like you, – you mentioned in your review it's top – the best Marvel movie. What was your like top three coming into this just so people can kind of get a sense of like where you're coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before this, Captain America Winter Soldier was my favorite, uh, followed probably by maybe Iron Man and then The Avengers. I wasn't a big fan of the Thor movies and I wasn't a fan of the like last Iron Man movies, but – Definitely Captain America Winter Soldier, when the Russo brothers kind of stepped into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is where I think the series really began to find um, what works for it. Does it still feel like a Captain America movie? I mean, are we getting more of his like perspective, even though there's a lot of characters involved? Yeah, absolutely. So the best thing about this in terms of that is that Captain America, or Steve Rogers, who I'm going to refer to him as, Steve Rogers is still completely uh, disenfranchised and does not trust the American government. And and the agencies that go with it, including S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, obviously, we've learned about HYDRA. And so as he learns about this, his distrust grows. And Civil War does a really great job of exploring that. One of the big conflicts in Civil War, which is, I say it's loosely based on Mark Miller's comic, because there are definitely elements of Mark Miller's comic that are very interesting. I'm uh, sorry, that are very important to the comic to um, survive mm-hmm. that are not in the movie. Um, but... So it's loosely based on that. And the thing of it is that Captain America goes up against Iron Man. And a lot of it is based on this kind of moral, ethical grounds of him not trusting the government, which is what they kind of started with in Winter Soldier. Right. Um, and that is a huge plot arc in this movie. It's something that they give quite a lot of attention to. And 
what they what I liked about Winter Soldier, which I think what a lot of people liked, is that Winter Soldier kind of felt really out of all the civil all about the uh, Marvel movies, Cat, Winter Soldier felt the most mature. It felt the most grounded. It felt the most. It felt like an espionage movie in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and Civil War continues that and just increases it tenfold. It's been really interesting to see how, like, I think that you get something of a pass just because it's so fun to see characters like introduced and portrayed for the first time. It's been really interesting to see how they handle like not being able to rely on that, uh, you know, that that easy benefit. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely they do. I mean, when they introduce some of the characters for the first time to each other. There's definitely that kind of what I really like about Marvel. There's definitely that little bit of banter and it's funny. Um, and so one of the best examples is when Ant-Man meets Captain America. There's this really cute kind of fanboy moment. Same thing when Spider-Man meets Iron Man. It's just kind of happens because before that, the rest of them know each other. And so they do a really great job of combining both this family unit they've created throughout the last eight years, building up to the Avengers and then going forward with that. They do a really great job of having Tony's relation or friendship with Steve Rogers. Um, a, it's it's a very integral part to the movie and it's one of the more emotionally devastating parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a really great job with fostering that built relationship while introducing all the new characters from the second phase of Marvel's cinematic universe. Now we're going into the third. Um, and so they do a really great job of pushing everything forward without forgetting anyone behind. We, we, uh, uh, in the adventures, we saw a couple of new characters introduced and here, uh, a, a couple more, but we're, we're really getting past the, the easy, like cultural literacy characters, mm-hmm. the ones that like everybody, even if they're not a comics fan has sort of like osmosed some sort of awareness of, um, mm-hmm. do you, do you feel like the the new characters? I, I'm not sure it was particularly well handled in in Avenger, the second Avengers film. I, I felt like uh, you didn't really get a great sense of what made those characters really really cool. Yes. Um, uh, uh, do you get a does it does uh, Civil War handle that better than uh, than than perhaps Age of Ultron did? So that's a good question. Uh, and Thanks. It's interesting. I'm a because, pro. <laughs> you're super good at this. Um, that came out really sarcastic, but you are really good at this. Um, yeah, keep going. Yeah. I got time to kill. <laughs> um, so, like, unlike the Avengers, Civil War kind of banks on the the idea that people have seen the other movies. So, it kind of it kind of hopes that you've seen Ant Man and that you understand who Ant Man is and why he's like the way he is. It kind of assumes that you've seen Avengers: Age of Ultron and you understand why. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch, why her relationship with like Vision and Captain America is what it is what it is. There's not a lot of introduction in that regard. And in that way, it actually does feel really comic booky, where they take a couple of minutes to reintroduce everything. But for the most part, they're banking on on fans watching this movie and remembering how all the interactions happened. Um, they are moving forward. It's it's an interest. It's interesting because especially with Scarlet Witch, who will be an important character, it looks like, going forward, they they have to be careful with their character because of really silly deals with Fox and who owns which character and what they can't say. Like, they can't call her a mutant. Right. She has to be, like, this blessed individual. Um, and so Marvel has to work its way around that. And I think they figured out a decent way to do it. But a, 
I wrote this in my review. One of the best parts about Civil War, if not the best part about Civil War, was the way they introduced and integrated Spider-Man, who, like you said, right, is kind of one of those characters that even if you're not into comics, you know who Spider-Man is. It's, right. It's he's probably the most actually in that kind of uh, in that category. Uh, and so they do a really great job of introducing him quickly. It's kind of like, hey, let's get this out of the way. People know who Spider-Man is. And then they spend a lot more time integrating him to the movie, which is what they've done the opposite of in the past. And the opposite, they spent a lot of time introducing this character. Okay, here's his background. Here's everything about him. And then they slowly integrate him into the or her into this into the universe. With Spider-Man, it's like we're just going to throw you in. People know who you are. They've seen all these movies or they know about you. And then we're just going to get right into your your interaction with the group dynamic. And I thought that they handled it really well. And I really enjoyed that part of it. Do you feel like it seems like since these films come out at the rate that they do, which is at, compared is quick, but compared to comics is, is actually pretty slow. Um, yeah. It seems to me like the, there aren't a lot of opportunities to tell some of the smaller stories that that are so effective in comics. A lot of the time that, that everything has to be constantly like, end of the world cataclysmic mm-hmm. earth shattering do you do you find mm-hmm. yourself as somebody who's watched these a lot of these if not all of these movies uh do you find yourself sort of missing that do you miss like be, being able to see some like the smaller stories maybe even like you've seen in shows like uh, daredevil or jessica jones absolutely that and that was one of my concerns going forward with this movie i civil war is such an important comic it's a seven part comic to so many people because a lot happens in it and it's just it's well written it's well drawn it's it's great um, and my concern was they were going to miss a lot of it because it's a type of comic that survives on smaller story arcs. It's not necessarily about the biggest fights. And with these types of movies, they have to be blockbusters. They have to have these huge chase scenes. They have to have huge fight scenes, which are definitely in the movie. There is one of the best chase scenes I've seen since like The Matrix Reloaded, which had a really great one. Um, it's got really great fight scenes, especially the biggest one, which takes place in an airport. Uh, and they, they do a really great job with that. But I was concerned going forward that they weren't going to handle the smaller stuff properly. And what I find that I miss, which is what you get more with, like, yeah, Marvel and Netflix's television universe, which is on Netflix right now. It's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter. You do miss out on kind of the development of characters, which is really important to these types of movies. Because in order for you to care about a superhero, there needs to be a reason for you to care. And Marvel's done a great job of doing that over the course of the last eight years. Mm -hmm. But because these are feature films that are coming out, you know, Captain America movies like once every three years, um, they don't have as much time to do that. However, Civil War, I think, manages to get just enough of the smaller story arcs in it that it will appease fans who are going in thinking they're not going to nail it. Um, One of the biggest concerns I had which because it's just it's it's a big arc in the comic, but it's relatively small in the movie, was how Spider-Man comes in because Spider-Man in the comic is the voice of reason. He is the person who kind of is on both sides of the equation and acts as the reader. He is the he represents us when he's asking, "Hey, which is the right side? What what's the right move? What should we be doing?" Um, and although they figured out a way to do it without Spider-Man because he's still new to the universe, they touched upon that, and I thought that was really great because that is a it's not a an action-packed thing. It's a debate at a table. It's like learning over the course of whatever, however many months, however many days, whilst while looking at what's going on and thinking, okay, what is the right thing to do? Because the Civil War is a movie is a, a movie about questioning. It's a movie about 
what is the right thing to do in this situation? What is morally correct? Are we responsible for our actions, even if we're saving people while doing it? Are we responsible for the devastation that we bring to the people of this planet, to the people of these countries that we go into? And that is the, that's a huge part of civil war. And that is the thesis of Mark Miller's comic. And they nailed that perfectly while still giving Marvel fans the witty banter and the big fight scenes and the chase scenes and all of that flashy goodness. Uh, I want to talk more about this, but first I want to take a quick break to tell you about Casper. Uh, Casper is a company with obsessively engineered mattresses at a shockingly fair price. You could often pay over 1500 bucks for a mattress, but at Casper, uh, a twin is just going to cost you 500 bucks, uh, 850 for a queen, 950 for a king. Uh, these are these are really astounding prices. They got free shipping returns to U.S. and Canada. Uh, it's got a springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Uh, Time Magazine actually named it one of the uh, best inventions of 2015. Here's the cool thing. You could try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. You know, you don't learn anything by laying on at a mattress store for 10 minutes. Try it for 100 nights. That's over three months and see if uh, see if it works for you. They're betting it will because if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund you everything. This is made in America. It is high quality and it is a great price. We have one in our guest room here at the house. And uh, I, I don't know what we do without it. It, it, it makes me uh, happy to have people over uh, as guests because I know that they're going to be getting a top-notch sleeping experience. Now, if you want to try Casper, and you should, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash control and using the, the, uh, the word control, the promo code, uh, at checkout and the terms and conditions do apply, but head over to casper.com slash control and use control to save $50 on any mattress purchase. Uh, check it out. You'll be happy you did. Uh, Julie, we have some uh, questions here from uh, uh, listeners. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, do uh, This is from Kenan who asks, can we get opinions on the necessity of missing characters like Reed Richards to the story? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. Um, it's not noticeable. They do. Marvel's done a really great job of separating itself, its cinematic universe from its comics universe uh, in the way that even the X-Men missing from this was kind of important. Um, like there's definitely moments where if you've read the comics, you're going to go, oh, well, this would happen here. And, and that's what I remember. But Marvel has made sure that its characters in its movies, in its movie universe is are the only characters that you care about. Like as long as as long as, you know, well, Captain America, as long as Black Widow is there, like, it's all right, because they figured out a way to do it. Also, that was one of the issues I had with the Avengers Age of Ultron. It was, unless you have directors or a director who understand how to work with an ensemble, it's really hard to cram this many characters in and give them this, the amount of screen time they really need to progress the story forward. Um, Joss Whedon, although is an excellent ensemble director, as we know from Buffy and his other things, he doesn't necessarily know how to combine the action with what with this type of storytelling in my opinion whereas the russo brothers really get it and they excel at it and so there's not a moment where you're going oh i really wish reed richards was here even though that does even though you you might think about it going in when you come out you'll feel like you're not missing anything uh pantone gannon had a ask a question on twitter um and and we've touched on a little bit but i want to clarify they they ask is this just uh uh, avengers 2.5 and uh my question is is that i want to ask you that and also does that 
does that matter? I mean, is it fair to make the assumption that everybody who's going to see the Avengers movie is also going to see this, that it's, that it's a fair use of like, uh, uh, just to continue the story in a, uh, under a different banner. Mm-hmm. So the biggest difference between the Avengers movies and Captain America Civil War is that Captain America Civil War is the darkest and most mature movie that's come out of the Marvel Universe. It specifically asks its superheroes to step back and ask whether they are needed or not. It is a fight between them and the government as much as it is, as it is a fight between each other. It is... It, an espionage movie way more so than an Avengers movie would be. There's differences like Captain America. And I, I give the Russo brothers a lot of credit for this have kind of created its own little subsection within the Marvel cinematic universe that people really like. Um, as we know, if you ask most people um, or at least if you ask most people, I know uh, what their favorite Marvel movie is. It's usually uh, winter soldier because there's an element of, uh, reality in it. There's this moment of we're going to acknowledge that we've caused major devastation and that it's our fault and that people are dying because it's our fault. There are a lot of big emotional moments in this movie that follow that exact line of thinking. And it's and that's the main difference between that and an Avengers movie. The Avengers movie is a lot more lighthearted. The Avengers movie is a lot more about focusing on this family unit, on the idea that they've come together. What they've done in this movie is that they've brought the superheroes together, but they have not come together. They are not coming together to fight a unified evil, which is what they do in the Avengers, which is what they would do in a Justice League movie. This is a bunch of superheroes in the same universe, and they're acknowledging that, but they are going in completely different directions as opposed to fighting one main enemy. Uh this is kind of a weird parallel uh, between this and Batman Dawn of Justice, uh, mm-hmm. which came out and uh, recently, and a, a similar storyline. You know, you've got uh, two people who are supposed to be heroes uh, who end up pitted against each other. I know going into Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, like I don't think anybody was under the misconception that they would continue to fight for the entire movie. I had a, I, I found a toy at Walmart. Uh, which one of the pull string jobs where Superman literally said, let's team up to fight this evil. Like, okay, got it. So, okay. So no illusions there. Do you ever really like buy the conflict between Captain America and, and Iron Man and, and where the, the characters sort of line up? Do you, do you buy into it enough for the dramatic purposes of the movie? Even more so. And I, I think I put this in my review. The only reason it works, the only reason it could only be done now is because we've been so personally invested in these characters for eight years, for close to a decade. It could only work in this moment or going forward. There has to be, there's moments where Steve and Tony are just talking and it is more emotionally devastating than any actual destruction in the movie. It is heartbreaking. There's a lot of heartbreak happening there's a lot of like close to tears moments, which is weird because it's a, it's a Marvel movie, right? It's not like it's a Nicholas Sparks movie where you're like, I'm just gonna go in and just get it over with. Um, there's a lot, a, there's a lot happening, and there are similarities between Batman v Superman and this. The biggest being that neither movie, um, both movies acknowledge that there are superheroes in this world, and they acknowledge that they exist with each other, but they don't act as a unit. That's basically what happens here. It's the acknowledgement that, hey, we've worked together in past movies or we're aware that you exist, but we're not going to work together. It's very much so. um, But the difference is, is that there was no reason for Batman and Superman to fight each other, really. And there was no reason for them to team up. They just it just 
had to happen so they could push forward to create the Justice League movies. It was a uh, a vehicle to get somewhere as opposed to a destination. This feels like a destination after spending eight years on a journey. This feels like, okay, cool. We've been rewarded for sitting through these movies, which isn't a big deal, but sitting through these movies and getting some of these characters. And this is where we've come to. We've come to this really emotional, really impactful movie um, where we feel where it hurts us to see them fight because they are friends. Like we, we know them as friends. We watch them eat shawarma after the credits, uh, or I think it was before the credits in the Avengers, right? Like it's this idea that this family unit is being torn apart by the idea that their actions have major consequences that have resulted in the death of innocent people. It's a lot to take in. It's a really mature movie. It's kind of the first Marvel movie after um, Winter Soldier where you're going, this started off as really family friendly. And this one is to some extent, but as we've as its audience has grown, the studio and its movies have grown, and you feel that with this movie. Uh, the the next uh, we we've got coming up in the in the near future, we've got Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Man, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, and then uh, Avengers. Uh, the next Avengers flick is out twenty eighteen, um, mm-hmm. and that is under the direction of the Russo brothers. Uh, yes. I, I, after uh, after um, uh, seeing the second Avengers movie, I found myself with a curious bit of like ennui about the the Marvel universe that I would have had a a, a lot of trouble explaining to my twelve year old self. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, I, I I after that I felt a little flat. I, I wasn't really looking forward to uh, the future of the universe as much as I had been. Um, how do you feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, after uh, Civil War? Sort of looking forward. So I had the exact same feeling as you did. And I've told other people on staff about this multiple times that I was not looking forward to Civil War. I was like, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't like the idea of cramming a movie full of superheroes because you're trying to give each superhero enough time and it just never works. And that's what Age of Ultron felt like. I think what it comes down to is you really need a strong... First of all, strong script, and you really need directors who understand it, like who understand. Okay, the well, it doesn't matter that this person's not going to get enough time because we're going to bring them back in in a couple of years because it's it's a cinematic universe. Like this movie does not have to be the end movie. Um, at the end of my review, I said I don't know how Marvel, where Marvel goes from here, because this feels like what we've been building toward. This feels like this this was everything that we wanted when they first started in two thousand and eight. This was. This was it. So I don't know. It's interesting, though, because it feels like they're rebooting itself. Like, there's moments in the movie where it it does feel like a goodbye. It's like, okay, we, we've, we're done with you guys. We've had a lot of fun. But now it's time to bring in new people. And I think that's what they're hoping for going forward is that with the introduction of these new characters, like, they, they make Ant-Man and they make Spider-Man and they make Black Panther uh, really charismatic and really fun and they give them really interesting storylines and there are for those wondering there are there's one post-credit scene and one mid-credit scene that are both worth sticking around for um and the post-credit scene kind of sets that up like it sets up this whole new universe for these new characters uh, to kind of explore but it does like this movie feels like a goodbye to iron man in many ways a goodbye to black widow goodbye to hawkeye it's like we've we've seen that now let's see what's next. And that's the only way I can see Marvel going forward and keeping a successful universe is just doing what they've done, but with an entirely new batch of characters. I mean, the struggle they have going forward is if they don't use someone like a Thor or a Hulk, I mean, they have to really make people care about a Doctor Strange who many people don't know, a Captain Marvel, a Black Panther. like, And these are 
you know, B-list characters. Iron Man was a B-list character too, but he was still better known. Um, that being said, I think Marvel has a wealth a, of r- talented writers and directors that they can bring on who are going to make these movies um, as fun as they have been in the past. And the other thing they have going for them is that they're not trying to rush it out in many ways. Like Warner Brothers is trying to do where they're trying to catch up. So they're just pushing out these movies. Um, Marvel has had eight years to build up an audience and gain the trust of us. And we, at this point, we're willing to say, if these are the new characters you want to bring on and you think they're going to be great, then we're going to explore the next eight years with you, with these characters. Julia Alexander, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, what a pleasure. And, and uh, again, I want to remind you to uh, head over to casper.com slash control and use the code control to save $50 off one of those mattresses. Uh, we got a lot more great stuff on Polygon, including Julia's review that you can go read at polygon.com. Uh, but until the next time we have something to talk about, my name is Justin McElroy for Julia Alexander. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Quality Control.